Now, at the end of the process, I'm told the president will kill even more. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. Main feature allows you, the listener, to control the content of the website. You find something online that you think is interesting. Maybe it's a blog post or a news item or a YouTube video. You submit it to the website and then other listeners will vote as to whether or not they like your suggestion. You get to vote on things as well. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it, talk about it on the air. Other people will see it and enjoy it as well. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. I think you'll find that there are aren't any other talk shows in the business that'll allow you that level of uh, influence over their website's content. So go and see it for yourself at freetalklive.com. Of course, we allow you to influence the content of the show as well. You can call in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Let's go right to the phones and to the fun. Matt is in Illinois to start things out on the amp lines tonight. Hello, Matt. Good evening, folks. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Matt? Um, on Tuesday... I believe you were having a conversation with uh, people who were calling in and defending the uh, uh, the assassination of Osama bin Laden, and some of them were talking about how uh, great the uh, United States of America was and mm-hmm. waving their flags, rah, rah, rah. Yep. And I wanted to point out something that kind of happened in the dark while all this was going on, while Osama bin Laden, while the news of Osama bin Laden's death was coming out, and uh, all these people were celebrating and stuff, uh, there is a university, Western Illinois University, in a small town in Illinois here, and they have a uh, uh, a thing that they do every year at the end of the year, a party that they have. It's a tradition. And this year the police decided to send out the riot squads, and a bunch of them, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, anywhere from five dozen to a hundred cops uh, marched down the streets in riot gear and were uh, beating on kids and wow. uh, throwing them to the ground. And this was all caught on, uh, uh, this was all caught on video. Yeah, I saw some of the video. Um, uh, yeah, I wanted to make people aware of it. Um, Gary Franchi from the Restore the Republic Network uh, does a, a, a internet TV show, and he put it on the news. And of course, you didn't hear anything on the mainstream media about this at all. Hmm. And anybody who thinks that we're not living in a police state, in a fascist police state, uh, should check out this video. Because these weren't even kids that this wasn't they weren't even protesting anything. It's not like they were, you know, the the W twenty kids and everything else where they they had the the police were supposedly there for security of these elite people or anything like that. This was just kids having a party at the end of the year like they do every year. What changed this year, do you think? In their own front yards. And the police came and just routed them. What What is it that uh, you think was different this year, if anything at all, about this partying? I mean, were they tipping over cars? Were they doing anything that was 
was violent. Because usually the police will use an ex- they'll make up an excuse, whether it's legitimate or not, for why they went ahead and initiated the force. Sometimes they'll claim that someone threw a bottle at them or whatever. Now, I don't believe what the police say in those cases, but usually they have some kind of a story. Well, um, to be com- completely honest with you, I don't remember what tipped it off because it was a couple of days ago since I've watched it, and there's been a lot going on in, in my life, and so I've kind of forgotten what happened. But there was a uh, an incident, a small incident, and the, uh, the student um, that was interviewed by uh, Gary Franchi um, talks about that and what happened. But it was something like, you know, uh, somebody had an argument or uh, they were getting loud or they had some kind of a, uh, altercation, and the police use that as an excuse to bust heads. Yeah, here you go. I just pulled it up from uh, Maycomb, Illinois. It's uh, the CypressTimes.com reporting a block party held near the campus of Western Illinois University got so out of hand that police responded using tear gas and riot gear. It is an annual off-campus event, which has a reputation for being a little crazy, as one student put it. The party devolved into total mayhem on Saturday with reports of beer bottles being thrown at police who showed up in riot gear and used tear gas to disperse the crowd. Over 100 citations were issued by the police. So the usual claim that someone threw a bottle at us. So we need to go yeah, bust some there, heads. There is footage of it. So there, there's evidence that, you know, it wasn't a party that had gotten out of hand. It was the police just deciding to be dicks. <laughs> so basically, like, like uh, if you've ever played sort of a, a sports game where before the, the game starts, the, the team gathers around in the locker room and they all have this pep talk and they all get rowdy and everyone gets all charged up. And the, you know, the, the police do the same thing. They have their their, yeah. their meeting before they get out there and assign themselves to various areas to cover, and they're all charged up, ready to bust heads and, and go out there and deal with these hoodlums and whatnot. Because I mean, everyone that's not wearing a uniform is is the enemy in their eyes. You know, they're all they're all criminals. They just haven't been caught yet. Is that some of the things I've heard them say? So it's it's not not surprising every time that uh, as as things progress, time and other uh, situations around the world that you hear about these incidents where the police get involved and the violence is either it happens much quicker or it happens in much more uh, a stronger fashion than than in the past. So this is, this trend has been continuing for a while. Matt, now. thanks for the call the, tonight. I appreciate hearing from you and thanks for bringing that up. The video is damning in this in this circumstance. It looks horrible for the it police. Yeah, for the police, but it doesn't really show like what set it off or anything like that. I think that there's a a time and a place for an organization of guys with like truncheons and shields to uh to be you know trying to quell violence. It. It didn't look that way from what I was seeing in this in this video, and um, you know, I find it <clears throat> sort of my uh, my my experience up to this point is, uh, you know, for instance, in the the Denver, I think it was during the Democratic Convention in uh, two thousand and eight, the the police union uh, pay, put to, put to put in their own money and, and came up with these shirts that say, uh, you know, getting up early in order to beat the crowds, beat the crowds. Mm-hmm. or be, yep, getting up early exactly. to beat the crowds or something like that. And, you know, it, uh, making a sort of a, a play on words is we get up early so that we don't have to deal with the crowds, uh, um, you know, tra- on the traffic when we go into work. But instead, you know, it's got a guy with a stick standing above yeah. it, you know, showing that in and fact, they're talking look about on his face. beating crowds of yeah. people. And I, you know, I think, 
I, I think very revealing. There are some guys on these squads. Um, as a matter of fact, I think these squads, these riot squads, tend to attract the kind of oh, guy. Oh yeah, I'm sure they volunteer for it. I know they volunteer for it. <laughs> There's, they, right, you don't get assigned the, the 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 riot squad unless it's a pretty small police department. I, I imagine, uh, you know, my experience when with dealing with law enforcement officers is the, uh, you know, the the ones that are on the the riot squad are the biggest and uh, least likely to question any order and the most likely to look for a little fun, uh, uh, you know, being sadistic to somebody. But I do like I I do want to make it clear. I think that there's a place for quelling riots i just don't think that every time that uh, the, the squad the riot squads brought out that that's in fact what they're doing so it's not being made very clear here in this uh, piece from cypresstimes.com about exactly when the alleged beer bottles were thrown at the police right usually this or is when the poli- when did the police put on riot gear this is what i always want to know did they come with riot gear, and then the riot started, or did they come after the riot started with ready for the, with their riot gear? How, how many police does it say? How many police responded to this, Ian? Mm, good question. Matt said uh, sixty to one hundred. Sixty to one hundred. I mean, that's, that's enough a- to write a hundred citations, right? And it certainly looks like quite a few if you look at the photo here. Uh, so, but here to give you a little more insight, Mark, uh, it says here that according to the university. Officials who there had been a steady police presence around the block party throughout the day, but when EMTs began to treat people for dangerous blood alcohol levels, police decided to disperse the crowd. At that point, several acts of vandalism reportedly occurred, perpetrated by people attending the party. So it sounds like they're suggesting that the violence didn't really start until after the police, if any bottle throwing actually decided happened, decided to break up the party. Yeah, until after they came in with their riot gear. So they created the disturbance, of course. 800 259 9231. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. News updates, you go get signed up. You can receive them via email or Twitter or Facebook, whichever way works best for you. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news. FreeTalkLive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about gold and silver uh, all the time. And as a matter of fact, there there's a little been a little dip in the the silver market and and the gold market too. So now may be the time to buy. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have some hand picked coins there that I've picked to make it easy for you to get gold and silver in your hands. We've teamed up with Midas Resources. They will fulfill your order in 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 quick order. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com and take a look at what we've got there for you. All right, so 800-259-9231. Matt in Illinois called uh, tonight to bring our attention to a story that he says a lot of people missed. The mainstream media 
uh, completely ignored or virtually completely ignored because it happened during the whole Osama uh, bin Laden situation that developed a few days ago. And that is a college, uh, Western Illinois University, has a yearly block party that uh, is apparently fairly popular with likely hundreds of uh, young folks uh, attending and drinking and such. And according to the news, which we were able to, to uh, dig up on this from the CypressTimes.com, over 100 citations were issued by the Macomb, Illinois Police Department after they sent a riot gear uh, group of cops into this uh, group of kids and proceeded to really do some damage. Mark, you actually saw video from this. What did you see happening? Uh, Cops hitting kids with sticks. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. Admittedly, um, just you know, saw briefly. So, uh, so what the the claim is here that uh, the police had been around the party throughout the day, checking people's IDs uh, to attempt to, attempt to uh, bust underage drinkers, and then later decided to disperse the crowd, as they put it, because some EMTs had begun to treat people for dangerous blood alcohol levels. So, as usual, because some people are irresponsible with their behavior, some people are irresponsible drinkers, everyone must be punished. Well, that's what happens when you don't keep other slaves in line, Ian. All the slaves must look after the other slaves and make sure they don't make the master angry. So they went in there with their truncheons and apparently tear gas uh, as well and did their damage. Some students reported uh, that, again, the cops had been in the area all day. Then suddenly the police began using mace and ordering people to get off the street and go indoors. Several people were arrested as a result of the riot. Uh, but the president or the, and the president of the college insisted most of them were not students but promised punishment for any student that was incarcerated he said in a written statement, those students who were arrested will also face disciplinary action from the university. It is sad that those individuals have such little respect for themselves, their community, and their university. Well, as we've learned, Ian, when the police arrest someone, they can pretty much get a conviction out of most people, either through the plea yep. deal system or through overbearing force in the courtroom with uh, the, all their evidence and all their reams of uh, protocol and, and procedure and paperwork that you have to follow through with. And, of course, the legalese, which uh, you don't, no one really understands unless you have learned that special language. So, yeah, they arrested uh, or sent citations uh, to a bunch of people and, and arrested people. So, of course, those are all guilty. Those are all criminals. Almost all of them are going to be probably pled guilty, yeah. yeah. So, you know, regardless of whether or not someone did anything bad or... Uh, instigated anything or actually did anything violent right what what part about a block party is not respectable i mean i guess you could you could claim that someone who is really wasted and acting you know dumb as a result of that may not have respect for himself or somebody just went a little too far and made a mistake yeah i think we can Um, you know most most of the people listening to the sound of my voice have not had respect for themselves if being wasted means not yeah. having respect for oneself. Well, it's it's like I've had block parties back where uh, where I grew up in Milwaukee, uh, the, a suburb of Milwaukee, and uh, it's sort of like it's a block party. So most of the people that are there live in that area, so they can get as drunk as as they want. Yeah, because you don't have to they drive. literally walk home about you know hundred feet, and and even if they pass out on their lawn, it's still their lawn. If they want to sleep on their lawn, well, good for them. Sure. So that this whole idea of a block party getting unruly in a, in an area of what I'm guessing would be near the commons or some some college, probably a college neighborhood, sure. right? Right, exactly. Something where people live in that area, or they live 
a couple blocks away. If they want to be irresponsible and learn the sting of, of alcohol poisoning or whatever, well, they're going to learn it sometime in some place. And uh, might as well do it around a lot of people where they can get some attention they need. They can get, like, the EMTs were there to help them out and stuff like that. Right, as though it's not bad enough well, to go through that experience, to yeah, have exactly. alcohol poisoning, as though the consequences of that aren't difficult enough to actually have the university punish them on top of that. Uh, I think as far as I'm concerned, the EMTs should be passing out bills to everybody that they, uh, that they treat there. If you're going to... Uh, you know, drink enough alcohol that you've poisoned yourself with alcohol. I don't think that the taxpayer of the town of wherever the heck Western Illinois University is or um, should be responsible for paying for their medical treatment. What about when the police beat them over the head with a truncheon? Should uh, who should be paying for that? I don't think that uh, there's any point in that. I mean, this doesn't seem like uh, appropriate behavior to me. Right, but would you say that that's also the responsibility of the college student because you know they were they were asking for it? No, I wouldn't oh. say that. I say I'd say that if you're get you know if if you drink yourself into the uh, oblivion to the point that you need medical attention, then you should have to pay for that medical attention. That's I, all I, I'm saying. I, I agree with that idea, Mark. I do. It's you know, and you we can get into the whole thing. Well, they paid for it once by paying taxes, or blah blah blah. A place, Without, high school yeah, students exactly. Pay, right, college right. students I'm, pay for crap. They pay rent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they do pay rent, which most goes to of the time their uh, their parents are paying. Uh, Someone's well, paying. Well, their hold rent. on, Mark. I mean, I just just talk to the concept. We don't need to get into the details. The idea that, yes, if you go and engage in experimental drug use or, or uh, binge drinking, that, yes, you should be responsible for the bills that that incurs, whether it be the cost of the alcohol, the transportation, or the medical treatment, whatever it is, yes, that person should be responsible. But that doesn't that, that distracts from the entire problem with this, this entire article here and this event, which was the truncheon beating. So it's kind yeah, of a absolutely. straw man. So uh, looking at this quote from the university president, uh, again, that they have such little respect for themselves, their community, and their university, a block party is a community event. Yes, it is. So I guess, again, we're here looking at the the word community and what it means to one person versus what it means to another. If what he's saying is that the community, the rest of the community, the people that live outside of this particular block, the people that were not participating in this block party, uh, were offended somehow by this. Okay, I can see where he's coming from, uh, but uh, just because somebody's out partying doesn't mean they don't respect themselves. It doesn't mean they don't respect the community. There very well could have been a group of people that were set to clean up afterwards. You know, I, I don't know if this is something that has been going on on a yearly basis. It sounds Sounds like it's fairly exactly. well executed and planned. It's probably been you know going on for years, and so people know what they're doing when it comes to this event. And there's likely a group of people who maybe that day or the next day, when they sober up a little bit, it's their job to grab some trash bags and, yeah. and hit the neighborhood and, and clean things up. Oh, so, the, the neighborhood's a mess. I could, I'm watching the video here. It's crazy. Things are on fire. It's like riot in suburbia. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. So head on over there, freetalklive.com. And the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up here in just a few weeks, several weeks, I guess, at this point, but uh, less than two months. You can go to porkfest.com to get signed up. Registrations are still available. The campsites with electricity, from what I understand, are completely sold out at this point. They are still selling some RV sites, and they're selling them at the same price as campsites. So there's still opportunities for you to get involved in this huge Liberty Festival that happens once a year. Yes. If, in- if you miss this, you will be sorry that you missed it. Basically, that's how it is. Because you will hear all these other people talk about it and how wonderful it is and, and what a great time it was, and you'll be just kicking yourself for missing it. So if you don't, if you haven't looked at it, you should do that. It's going to be the fifth time that uh, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the event. It's been an absolute blast going to all of these, and it just keeps getting better uh, year after year, more people are going to be participating in this year's Agora Alley, or what they're calling the Agora Valley Valley now, because it's expanded. And that means that there will be people there selling all manner of products and services that have not been licensed necessarily by the federal or state or local governments. That's right. So that's, I think, a lot of fun, because it's essentially business civil disobedience. And then there's, of course, also other types of uh, civil disobedience that go on, a little open-air uh, cannabis uh, consumption. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's just a lot of fun. It's also an event for families. Uh, there's a lot of family fun events that have been scheduled as well. Uh, of course, plenty of uh, adult opportunities to party, uh, campsites, campfires, uh, live musical performances. There's going to be games to play. But more than anything, there's going to be people that are similar to yourself. There are going to be people that understand what you're thinking, that understand your philosophy, and that you can talk to without worrying about saying the wrong thing that's... That, that sets them off or that they just don't understand or they can't respond to. I'm sure you've run into those conversations. Oh, man. Awkward yes. conversations, and awkward just, moments. Yeah, you just leave the conversation. But that's that's the big thing, the big draw is being around people that uh, you can let your guard down a little bit. I wouldn't, you know, obviously you should you should be <laughs> due diligence in all your business interactions, personal and, and what whatnot. But at the same time, it is a very comfortable and... Uh, fun place yeah if you've never been before it's like meeting family members that you are more likely to get along with yeah exactly (laughs) people that they they feel like almost like you've known them for your whole life but but you haven't that's a that's a good statement there ian i I think i'll I'll change it a little bit it's choose your own family yeah basically yeah, it's really a fun group of folks. And obviously, you've got a 1,000 people at a campground. Uh, there are going to be different uh, different interests there. Like, for instance, on Sunday, you're going to have uh, like a religious gathering for Christians. There's usually another one for you know Jewish folks, and there's another one for atheists. And you know, people kind of get together, and they gravitate towards people. Last year, we had a Quaker meeting. Similar interests, yeah. So there's a lot that transpires. We can't get into everything. There's a full list of stuff that's going on over at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C. That's pork is in porcupine because the porcupine is the the mascot for the Free State Project. Porkfest.com. You can use our discount code to save yourself 20% on registration. That is the code is Free Talk Live. No spaces in there. Just put in Free Talk Live as one word and then you'll get 20% off. Speakers have been announced uh, at this point, as I understand it. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio, who is turning into a mainstay at Porkfest. I think he's been there the past two years and he will be there again this year. 
He likes it, uh, which is great. So, I mean, the, Stefan Molyneux has a huge uh, following out there in the, the Liberty community. And on top of that, he's a really brilliant guy. So it's always interesting to see what he has to say. And I don't have the speakers list in front of me. So you can go to porkfest.com to see who else will be there. And, of course, uh, Soapbox Idol is going to be happening. Keen, free Keen Karaoke, which is going to end up being, I think, some sort of a contest between the Manchester Karaoke crowd. If that's what they want. And the Keen Karaoke crowd. And, of course, everybody else can sing as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I look forward to it. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the number here. You can take control of the airways. You know, since we started out with this story that Matt called in about uh, out of Illinois with the police breaking up a block party and essentially just doing violence. Mark, you were watching some of the video during the break with the police um, apparently tackling somebody. And we're just talking about college kids having fun. What always bothers me is how cops seem to be attracted to the guy with the camera. You know, it would seem to me that a uh, a law enforcement, a good guy, a peace officer would want cameras rolling on what he was doing or sh- uh, her because... Do we even he, have peace officers anymore? I, I, I sometimes they, they call, call themselves, themselves that. that. I, I heard that say that in the court. I'm sorry to interrupt your, your train, but that I don't like that term peace officer because they rarely bring peace to a situation. I like the term. I would like them to adhere to it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Well, coming from the other's perspective. They, so they, they they um you know, they would you would think that they would want to have these cameras rolling on them so that they uh you know, no one can accuse them of doing something wrong when they haven't. Oh, but they don't care about that because they can't actually be convicted of doing anything wrong. They just the police. this guy with the camera. Really? Uh, why no. would they do that? Because they're awful. Well, yeah, they don't want that put on the YouTubes. They don't want that. They they went on the YouTube. The camera is their enemy. Yes. Because they know, Mark, the camera is the greatest threat to the police that has ever existed. Uh, Because the police know that they are immune. The police know that it's very rare that any time that they're doing something awful to another peaceful human being that the police in any way will be held accountable for their actions they know this they know they can get away with murder they know they can get away with uh, with arson they they can get away with whatever they want and usually the worst that happens to them is they get put on paid suspension uh while they're investigated in the case and yep. then the investigation is found oh our officers were just fine everything is by the book a-okay come on back on buddy and then he's back on duty and everything's fine or in the most rare cases They'll be demoted or something like that and put on suspension without pay. Like That's think, as bad as it typically gets. I think a lot of the cases against the police have come about simply because the camera was there. Absolutely. Without the camera, it's your word versus this police, and they'll go yeah. down all his, his uh, accolades. It's and not even his... your word. Your word, or, your word will never even get heard that's right. if, no. there's not a ca- if there's not a, a video of it. Even with the camera, the police are relatively immune from, uh, from penalty. It, it has helped. There have been some instances where the police have just been caught so red-handed doing horrible uh, acts that they couldn't deny they couldn't they couldn't slime their way out of it. There are a few of those, like the Bart cop that executed that guy and you know shot him in the back of the head. I mean that was a pretty tough one for them to slime their I think way he out. Shot of. him in the back. Okay, they had whatever. Him, had him cuffed. Uh, he was on the ground. On the ground. Multiple kneeled, cops kneeled before him. him, head down, and he pulls out a gun, stands up, and shoots him right in the middle of yeah. his back. Yeah, that's called an execution. That's yeah. a, it's exactly what it was. Yeah. Now, uh, his claim was, oh, I got confused between my hands. I thought I was pulling for my taser. The taser. Yeah. Certainly the taser is shaped like a gun. The weight is entirely different, yes. though. Um, and, yeah. you know, why would you need to tase a guy who's on the ground, handcuffed, kneeling before you? Like, just an excuse. Head, head to the all. ground. Yeah, that so, was just a lie. So, yeah, so it's the biggest threat that they've ever encountered. 
And that's why they target cameramen. They want to stop you from being there to uh, possibly see what it is that they're enacting upon people. You're speculating. I, I don't know why it is they do what they do, but it it's certainly a seems likely. They're, they're bullies. And the bully wants to neutralize whoever it is that is the the most threatening to right, him. Right, right, yeah. You, like the bully on a playground is going to go and pick on the kid who's around the corner from the teacher watching at recess. He's not going to sit mm-hmm. there and bully someone right in front of the teacher. And that's what the camera is. The camera is the accountability. Camera is the the... I don't want to say transparency, but it, that's what creates the transparency between what actually happens and the procedure that goes about to make things right. Without that footage... You know, it's it's there's no case whatsoever. Let's go to your phone calls, uh, your thoughts, and then we'll get some thoughts from a police officer here in a moment. But first, we've got Travis on the line in Pennsylvania. Travis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, hi. Travis, hey. what's on your mind tonight? Everybody can hear me Yes, right? sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, you guys started out talking about uh, pretty much the aspect of everybody is an enemy. Hmm? Everybody's an enemy to who? I just wanted to add that. My friend is currently going to college for uh, criminal justice, and he's currently going to the police academy. They were taught a motto, and I, he repeated this, and I repeat it, you know, really quotable. I'm sorry, you kind of faded off in uh, how you were talking there. I'll, I'll give you a moment to uh, collect your thoughts. We'll come back with you here in a moment, and we'll find out what your friend's experience was. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It sounds like he's going to relate to us what uh, his friend was taught in the police department, yeah. the police training academy. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free and bring up, again, anything. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier today. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the concept is simple. You can send in three bucks a month to Free Talk Live, and we'll take that money in. You can send it via any uh, credit card via PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website, and we'll reinvest that money into the show, getting on more great radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So get on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about the perks you'll get access to, including the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go back to your phone calls about what you want, Travis is in Pennsylvania. We're talking about the police and cracking down, using excessive force, using violence in ways that are completely unnecessary, like when they busted up a college party recently at Western Illinois University, a block party. They just came in with truncheons and tear gas, and apparently they just were doing horrible things to people. So, uh, Travis, you had a comment on the police, and you were just barely able to get into it. So go ahead with your thoughts. Trust no one, suspect everyone. 
trust no one, suspect everyone, is what they are teaching young men and women today who are getting into law enforcement. And this is from a friend of yours who has been trained as a, or is in training for law enforcement? This is what they taught him? Yes, he's currently going to the police academy. And I just don't see that going hand in hand with the, you know, the other motives they have on the side of their cars to serve and protect. I just don't Mm. see those two going together. Yeah, I'd say you're right about that. There's a very suspicious attitude on the part of the police. They're always acting as though they're going to be shot by somebody, which you know, I can understand the fear. I don't think they really believe that they're going to be shot by somebody. I think that they use that as, as an excuse to get away with uh, treating, treating people like they're criminals already. Yeah, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I, I see where you're coming from on that one, Mark, that uh, that it is just uh, just an excuse. But on the other hand, you know, there are dangerous people out there, so I don't sure. blame the police there, for using caution. No, no, there are certainly circumstances in which the police do go above and beyond as far as a normal person would react. If, if you see someone getting shot at in a house across the way, you're generally not inclined to go over there and deal with that situation. You're running away. Hopefully the cops are running towards I mean, unless, unless you've been trained or you, you have a certain penchant for dealing with that, you, you aren't going to. And then the, the police come in and generally take care of that situation. But, of course, they don't have the, uh, what is it, the, the need to do so or the... Um, the requirement. The they're requirement, not, yes. Yeah. They're not required to actually deal with that. Yeah. They're not obligated to do, it, to do anything. Actually. Right, obligated. That's the right word. Uh, but that makes sense. The whole idea of within, you know, outside on their cars, they have the serve and protect. But inside their cloistered academies and, and whatnot, they're teaching everyone is a criminal. We just need to catch them. Right. Actually, we were at a trial today. Uh, I don't know if you were there for this part, JJ, but uh, Meg, who's our Tuesday night co-host, was on trial. We'll talk more about that here in a moment. Uh, but what, at one point, she did ask the cops who they were serving <laughs> when they were doing something that was harmful. Uh, toward other human beings and uh, that is a good question who are they serving it seems pretty clear to me that they are serving the state they're serving their masters in state government or the federal government they're not serving you or i because if they were interested in serving you or i then like if we told them to go away that we didn't want their service they would be doing that oh no i'm I'm sorry officer our block party is just fine in fact we we didn't invite you so uh you can just have a nice day and go find some real crimes being committed by real criminals where violence is involved i thank you i'd appreciate that thanks for your service uh, but you know we don't want you here then in that case they was oh well since we're your servants and you're our masters, we'll just go right ahead and see you later. <laughs> How could we have made such a mistake? <laughs> well, there's got to be somebody out there that we can go after today, so see you later there, uh, boss. But they don't act that way. No. They act as though they're your masters. And they are. Clearly. Well, they're, they're not so much the master. They are simply the tip of the sword that the master holds, and the master is the state. And the courtroom, okay, sure. In the courtroom, that's very clear. I mean, like today when, when uh, the judge was talking, and what does the state request for a sentencing? You know, it's like, this, like the uh, prosecutor takes on the role, this, this, uh, this fictional role of the wizard behind the curtain all of a sudden and making those determinations and levy, levying these sorts of punishments or, or at least persuading such a levy on someone else. And like the police in the courtroom, okay, you, there was uh, Zamora, was, was that one of the one guys? One of the cops, yeah. What, you think he was getting paid to be there? 
Of course. I believe police get overtime pay in most places to be in courtrooms. Well, don't you think that would have impact his uh, his motive, his thought processes of sitting there? I'm getting paid by the state, so when the state asks me questions via the prosecutor, well, I'm going to be very friendly with him and give him the answers that he wants mm-hmm. or that we discussed before the event <laughs> or the trial. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's just a complete joke. Yeah, it absolutely is. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Since we're on the topic, uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about what happened today. Meg uh, was arrested along with myself and a couple of other activists uh, last summer. It was July of last year for standing in front of a police car. Now, what precipitated this was Heika, who's another one of the local activists. She's actually a native uh, to the area who's gotten active. And in a major way, she's gotten active in a Definitely big way. super active. And, yeah, she's outstanding. She was in the park enjoying an, uh, an alcoholic beverage. And it was a beautiful day, nice afternoon, nice Sunday afternoon. And uh, I got a call over the radio saying Heika was being uh, threatened with arrest by the police. A bunch of people were down the street at a at a social event on that particular at that particular time, and so about ten or fifteen more people came out from that event and went to the location where Heike was being harassed by the police. We pulled out video cameras. There were multiple angles of this recorded. If you go back in time over at freekeen.com to the archives, you can find some of these uh, some of these videos. Anyway, so the police uh, end up, Heiko does not cooperate with them. She does not give them her information to fill out the citation, so they actually do go ahead and arrest her. At that point, I had made the decision that I was going to stand in front of a police car the next time they tried to kidnap somebody who was innocent, somebody who was peaceful, somebody who was not harming another human being. I was inspired by what happened at the 420 celebration in Nashua earlier that year where David Cruz, who's also one of the keen uh, area activists, was standing in front of a police car as well as a few other activists standing in front of a police car heroically uh, to attempt to prevent them from kidnapping someone, in this case a a young uh, 17-year-old black gentleman who was arrested the first target. Target of the 420 arrests. They went after the one black the guy. Only target. The, yeah. Right. They went after the one black guy in the crowd. And uh, so I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to emulate that method of civil disobedience. I knew that uh, that wasn't going to stop them from the kidnapping, but I wanted to make it known that I did not approve of this and I was going to do more than just speak. Uh, my disapproval. So I stood in front of the police car and Meg joined me, as did uh, a couple of other activists. And now she has been found guilty. And she was found guilty by a jury in this case. It was yet another jury trial, uh, the second jury trial here in Cheshire County of a, of a liberty activist. The first trial was also a guilty finding. In the first trial, of, uh, and this was of uh, Jim Johnson for a trespass, which was basically standing at the jail uh, in a public place. He was convicted of that by this jury. This, uh, a different jury in this case, in Meg's case, convicted her of so-called disorderly conduct which was defined as standing in front of uh, traffic or impeding the flow of traffic. Which, of course, the police's cruiser was the thing that was impeding the flow of traffic. But right, With the flashing lights and yeah. all the uh, drama. And then they also convicted her of obstructing government administration, which basically means that if you do anything to get in the way of some government bureaucrat as they're doing their job, then... Uh, obstructed them. That is right. That is obstructing, and that is a misdemeanor. And they were both misdemeanors, which meant that Meg was facing up to two years in jail for this instance of standing still. And uh, so we did a fully informed jury outreach uh, last week to this jury. Most of them were receptive, as usual, to the information as far as they took the information. Whether they read it or not is, is another question. Whether they applied what they read is 
well, clearly not the case because there was not a hung jury and there was not a a not guilty. It was a guilty verdict. And I thought Meg did a great job uh, defending herself. I mean, all things considered, she... She took the moral approach. She didn't attempt to, de- to defend on the facts of the case in her opening statement. She made it clear that she was not going to contest the facts in this case. You know, she did stand in front of those police cars. And what she was bringing up to the jury, and she made it pretty clear that they could, that they could vote not guilty based on their conscience in this instance. That they could essentially – she didn't use the term jury nullification – but she did talk about the idea of them doing the right thing because she hadn't actually harmed anybody and that she's a very compassionate person and that she didn't want to see somebody who was innocent, someone else who had not harmed another person, being kidnapped by the police. And so she stood on that, that kind of moral ground and the jury went ahead and found her guilty and then uh, proceeded to sneak, kind of skulk away out of the courtroom. They used the back door this time. Uh, and were accompanied by the bailiffs and refused any attempts at any interviews. I even offered cash. Uh, I offered $50 cash for an interview, and they refused. Hour two's on the way. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their websites, ours is on the house. Enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. I think you'll find more there for free than those other talk hosts will charge you for. Let's see for yourself. FreeTalkLive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Going right back into your phone calls, and then we'll hear from a former cop on the issue of police violence, since that's kind of where our conversation has been going. But first, we go to Harley, listening in Minnesota. Harley, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hello. Hey, Harley, you're on the air. Go ahead with your thoughts. All right. Well, um, see, tomorrow, Obama's going to be going to Fort Campbell, to greet some soldiers coming home from Afghanistan. Okay. Um, nothing odd about that, I guess. The thing is, there's actually no troops coming home tomorrow. Really? Um, what, yeah, what they're doing is they're going to put um, about 500 people on a plane, have it take off, circle, they're going to land, and then tape Obama shaking their hands. And then they're going to go somewhere else? It's, they're just on base in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Yeah, so they're trying to pretend like this. They're trying to pretend like these guys are coming over from Afghanistan or something. Yep, yep. And where did exactly. you get this information? I have a friend that is stationed at Fort Campbell. He uh, gave me a call to tell me how ridiculous this is. So, so all the troops there know what's what's going on, but uh, the idea yep. is that uh, they're supposed to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. So basically, a glorified photo op for the uh, the president. 
yeah, a great media ploy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, what's new, right? I mean, it's, this isn't the first time that they've uh, they've played games. Right. And, what was that? The, they flew an airplane over New York City in some kind of no-fly zone or whatever just to get a uh, picture of Air Force One over some building. I mm-hmm. you know I remember that relatively early in the presidency. Thanks for the heads up on that. Anything else you want to share? Uh, that's it. Harley, I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thanks for the call at 800-259-9231. You know, um, there was a, a situation where, um, you know, we've, we've, you and I have dealt with uh, media situations before. And, you know, we, we don't mind uh, pretending like we're doing a radio show. We do it, we do it 21 hours or uh, 18 hours a week. So, oh, you mean like, like, uh, like if we got a TV station come right, in here? TV station comes in, it's easier for them to come in at, say, 3 o'clock than it is for them to come in at 7 to 10. Right. Right. Um, so we'll so, put on the headphones and yeah, put on the play headphones. Pretend. We'll talk to each other about right. uh, oh, whatever it is that we feel like talking about. I mean, that's what it, that's what it is. I, you know, I mean, it's it's us talking. Yeah. That's what the radio show is uh, mostly. So they'll get some shots of that and call it that. But we have have dealt with other news agencies that say no. We don't do that. We only take pictures of things that are really happening. There's mm-hmm. nothing staged. Right. And I've had to do, I've, I've, you know, for me, it's just like, okay, whatever you want to do, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a radio. It's not like accounts. But, um, you know, I think that. I think that this is done in the news. I think that it's do- the staging kind of thing is done. But when it's done in this kind of circumstance with this you know quasi religious thing called the the military and the uh, and and the nation and all that stuff that you're really messing with people when yeah. you do it my only question would be have these troops come home earlier and he wasn't able to get there and meet and shake their hand <laughs> or is this just simply a completely staged and fabricated sort of photo opportunity to so make good yeah so, it certainly seems scummy doesn't it it seems very scummy Here's a piece from freekeen.com's Bradley Jardis, who actually had the pleasure of seeing today. It's nice yep. to see him out and about doing some activism. Uh, for those of you that have been listening to the show, you know who Bradley is. For those of you that are brand new, he is a former police officer. He is someone who spent about a decade of his life, just over a decade, I think about 11 years um, of his life doing police work up here in New Hampshire as a, as a patrolman. And uh, he came across the ideas of liberty. And initially was, you know, relatively friendly towards some of them, like ending the war on drugs. He got he got that one and kind of made a name for himself by joining law enforcement against prohibition. That's, by the way, leap.cc. You can go to their website to learn more about them, especially if you are a law enforcement officer. You really should. You owe it to yourself. Uh, but leap.cc. So he joins law enforcement against prohibition as the only currently at the time currently employed police officer because most of law enforcement against prohibition are former cops they're retired detectives state police whatever they they're out of the game basically and most cops that are approached about law enforcement against prohibition are too afraid to join law enforcement against prohibition because they're worried about what kind of retaliation will come to them on behalf of the, the department. Right. These guys that are in there that are retired, they've got their p- pensions. There's nothing that can be done to them. Now they're speaking out against the war on drugs. Many of the guys, many police officers understand the futility of the war on drugs, but won't mm-hmm. say anything while they're serving because they don't want their pensions um, you know, messed with. They don't want to be demoted. They don't want to be put on the overnight shift. They don't want to be given you know, whatever duties are undesirable for the police. Peeling potatoes? Yeah, whatever the equivalent of that is for right. uh, for a cop. Because those things will happen. And some of them are afraid of, of even you know more dangerous retaliation. Being bullied by their coworkers. Yeah. 
And, of course, uh, Brad actually went ahead and did this. He went ahead and came out and came out of the closet against Prohibition. And, indeed, they came after him. Yep. And they attempted to uh, to fire him. And they attempted to, you know, get him in trouble. And he ended up quitting his job, actually. There was a hearing about his termination to where about 60 liberty-loving activists came to show up. They showed up to support Bradley in this case. And I think it was their support that went a long way to him keeping his job in the face of these officers that were doing things like one of them had a shirt on, something about how he hated rats or something like that. I forget what the actual uh, phrase was on the shirt, but it was basically suggesting that Bradley was uh, a rat to him because he you know, was no longer part of the Brotherhood. And it was like this thin blue line anti-rats shirt. Mm. It was very rude and crude on his part. On that cop's part. But this is the kind of people we're talking about. They're, they uh, wrote things on his car. They One of them uh, wrote a, drew a picture of Brad as like, super gay like guy. a gay superhero or something like that. So yep. just was- being picked on left and right, uh, retaliated against. They attempted to fire him. They failed at the attempt to fire him. And it was after they failed at firing him that he decided he was just going to quit. He didn't want to have to deal with this drama anymore. And it wasn't long after that that he had kind of a mental breakdown. And I'm, I, I think he's going to come on the air and talk to us about that one of these days. I don't blame him for not being ready for it, but it's, it seems clear that he's kind of come out of that phase of his life and he's found something new that he's, he's excited about getting into. He's going to be doing cross-country uh, driving. He's going to be do, like turning – he's going to be a trucker, 18-wheeler, professional driver. Thank goodness that uh, – you know, it, 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 was, it was sad. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad circumstance. I think he wants to go to law school. He was talking about that today. He's certainly qualified. Well. And so uh, it's nice to see him back out. And again, he was out today and Definitely. he's back blogging a lot, actually, over at freekeen.com. So if you want to catch up with Bradley, that's a good way to do it. But here's what he wrote recently over at Freekeen. It's called On Violence. He says, I really have no impressive educational qualifications to be a writer for a blog that's comprised of individuals discussing the philosophy of voluntarism. I, he's just being self-deprecating there. Everybody's qualified for <laughs> to talk about voluntarism. <laughs> yeah, everybody's qualified to talk about their life and how they'd like to be free in it he says i've not finished my college degree yet and i haven't even spent much time reading the works of people who philosophize about the precise things i write about what i have that i do believe makes my perspective unique is that for 11 years of my life i had the ability to initiate violence against peaceful people without repercussions i got paid for it paid well I elected, though, to give up a stable career with a generous retirement package because of the answer to the following question. The following question that you can ask any person or yourself and instantly determine if they, too, or you, are a voluntarist. And here's his question. Do you believe violence should be used to solve nonviolent problems? Do you believe violence should be used to solve nonviolent problems? Seems like an obvious answer for folks. How can anyone calling themselves a moral person answer that question in any manner but no? We'll come back with what Brad has to say here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about the cops and corruption or violence or a little bit of good news about marijuana coming up tonight. Real good news, actually, about lung cancer and marijuana. It's kind of going to be a shock for some people. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of 
Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include listening options. So we've got broadband and dial-up streams. You can listen to Free Talk Live around the clock, so anytime, day or night, you can hear the latest episode airing there. Uh, Plus, at listen.freetalklive.com, you'll learn about our 96 great radio stations that carry the show across the country, our satellite listening options, including XM, as well as our free-to-air satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines, and the light to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go get all the details and get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value will only grow with time. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. All right, so 800-259-9231. We're reading a little piece here from freekeen.com by former police officer Bradley Jardis. He's one of our bloggers over at freekeen.com, and he always has an interesting perspective to put on the issues uh, because he quit the job, he quit the job, quit the business, so-called. He is no longer a police officer because he couldn't live with himself with what he was being required to do as a police officer. This is the, the sort of the two-sided sword um, where, you know, you want liberty-loving police officers out there. I want guys that understand the Constitution, understand people's rights, um, are more likely to use discretion in, in areas, of, you know, rather than escalating the situation. But if you're too effective in communicating the ideas of liberty to these guys— it can be difficult for them to continue doing their job. Yep, and so he is uh, kind of bringing himself uh, back around here to freekeen.com, and we're sharing his uh, latest with you where he asks this question. He says, you can ask this to anyone to determine whether they're a voluntarist. Do you believe violence should be used to solve nonviolent problems? And so he says, how can anyone calling themselves a moral person answer that question in any manner but no? I know a great deal of people who read this blog are people who either firmly dislike what is being discussed here, work in law enforcement and are collecting intel, or live in Keene and are generally curious about what all the ruckus is about. If you yourself are a peaceful person and you spend time getting to know the people involved in the Free State Project or Free Keene or just the liberty movement in general, you eventually will find yourself in the same situation which landed me here. Violence is wrong, right? 
It is important that society have order to it. To believe that voluntarists, and I, pr- I am proud to identify myself as one, support chaos is to believe in something that simply isn't true. Society has complex problems, and these problems need to be addressed. The absolute worst and uncreative way to address complicated, nonviolent societal problems is to continue to do what is being done today. That is, of course, using violence. Today I was reading a thread over at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance web forum. The thread was on the issue of lowering the drinking age to age 18. I posted a reply to the topic saying that I think that if a law is introduced in the New Hampshire General Court which would lower the drinking age that someone should testify in favor of the bill by reading off all the names of all the 18 to 20 year old people who died while serving in the military since 2001. I'd love to hear the bureaucrats who show up to oppose the legislation answer questions about how someone isn't adult enough to enjoy a cold beer, but they are adult enough to carry a machine gun, die, kill people, and have their legs blown off in Iraq and Afghanistan while following orders of politicians in Washington. Right, and and that's not to say that just military individuals um, deserve to have beers. As far as I'm concerned... Anybody who's old enough to sign up for the military would would fall under that same sort of logic. I'm of the opinion that people younger than that should be able to drink alcohol, and here's why. Because young people need to be taught about uh, the, the important aspect of drinking alcohol, and the best people to teach them is their family. Mm-hmm. People who grow up in families where alcohol is consumed on a moderate basis, say with meals, whether it's uh, you know beer and pizza or wine with dinner or something like that, those people learn how to control and understand their use of alcohol. And I think they're far less likely to get alcohol poisoning in college, uh, you know, end up doing blackout drinking and all the things that go with it. I mean, you really have to ask yourself, do you want to teach your kids how to consume alcohol or do you want pimply faced 15 year olds teaching them how to do it? Right. And it's demystified too. You know, the idea of drinking alcohol isn't some some uh, something that's that's barred from them and and made to seem this horrible thing like drugs and and the whole idea of taking something they don't want someone to do and to put all this negative uh, mysticism surrounding it whether it be the yeah. reefer madness or or um, talk about sex and how you're going to instantly get someone pregnant or catch some disease if you do it stuff like that. Few things are more offensive to, at least for for me as a young person, I can recall, than being told, oh, you're not old enough for that. Because a lot of young people want to desperately to grow up. They want to be more adult. They want to act more adult. They want to emulate uh, the adults that they see around them. But when they're told, oh, you can't do that. You're too young. That can be a real slap in the face. And then it can really result in the kind of reverse behavior of, well, I'll show you. I can do whatever I want. And then they go and do it in a rambunctious manner that is uh, very self-destructive. Because they don't, as you say, they don't have anybody kind of holding their hand through it. So back to Brad, he says uh, this particular thread that he was discussing about the underage drinking caused, caused me to think about a societal problem that I was called on to address one night while on duty. One of these nonviolent societal problems here. The societal problem, a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old consuming alcohol. The societal solution, violence. I was dispatched to a house party where there was a report of underage drinking. Indeed, the report was accurate as there was a house full of people peaceably consuming alcohol. After arresting and stealing the freedom of a peaceful 19-year-old that I found inside consuming liquor and placed him in the, placing him in the rear of the police cruiser, the search of the house continued. Sometime during the search, I learned that the 19-year-old, by the way, I, he doesn't address this in this article, but it's likely the kids did 
you know, they made a mistake. They probably let the cops in. They probably opened the door and, and talked to the police, which, of course, if you're having yourself a house party, whether you are underage or not, it's probably a good idea to not talk to the police if they show up. Just saying. The more you talk to them, the more likely they are to put you in handcuffs. Yeah, there's this sort of uh, there's this group of people um, that are more likely to go to jail than this other group of people. And those groups are the people who talk to the police mm-hmm. versus the people who don't. <laughs> So, again, he arrests this 19-year-old. They continue searching the house. Sometime during the search, I learned that the 19-year-old decided he didn't want to have his freedom taken away. So he kicked out the back window of the police car and ran off on foot. With the assistance of a police dog, I was able to track down the young adult who was running through the woods with his 17-year-old brother. He just I, kicked out his door. Yeah, as I grabbed onto the 19-year-old to re-arrest him, the 17-year-old defended his brother by putting me in a chokehold. I fell oh to the ground and twisted the 17-year-old on top of me. I punched him in the face, poked him in the eyes, and pushed him off of me. I got up and extended my portable baton and whacked the 17-year-old in the back of the legs. He went down, obviously. Both were eventually restrained and hauled away. The societal problem of individuals under the age of 21 consuming liquor was addressed in the way that society does its addressing. And, of course, that's with violence. He's got more to say on this topic. We'll uh, share the rest of his story here in a moment. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Would there ever have been any kind of violence had the police never shown up at this party? Well, maybe, but certainly not that's as a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on our site for free. So enjoy those on us. And you need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yep, SACL CAI, the principal there, the owner is Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. So if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, they're your guys. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right. So we're going to get back to your calls here in just a moment. Just a few more thoughts from Brad Jardis, former law enforcement officer, spent over a decade of his life in law enforcement and then left because he couldn't live with what it was that he had to do as part of his job as a law enforcement officer. He wanted to be a peace officer. He wanted to do things that kept the peace, that went after the real bad guys, that you know actually targeted people who were being violent towards others who were destroying property those real criminals but as part of his job he was being told to do things that would have been aggression against peaceful people and that's what police do every single day is they aggress against peaceful people they arrest people for having plants in their pocket they arrest people for drinking alcohol they arrest people for you know not having their grass growing uh or having their grass growing too tall they arrest people for all kinds of things speeding not stopping at a stop sign etc 
And if it's not an arrest, it's a precursor to an arrest or some ticket or some notice or summons, something to that Something effect. to aggress yes. against someone and force them into their system, to force them to uh, to pay money usually or, or force them to be obedient. And Brad just couldn't live with that, so he, he quit the job and he's reflecting on some of the things that he did that he regrets. Uh, some of the things that were awful that he did uh, as part of his duties as a police officer. And one of them was a night where he went to break up a high school party or college-age party with kids under the age of 21 drinking, or young people drinking under the age of 21, and one of the young people got away. He chased him down and proceeded to, well, beat on him um, because he was being attacked kind of back because there was another one, another kid with him. The kid put him in a headlock. Um, Two on one, and he beat both of them. So he beat them, and then they re-arrested them. And he points out that... Uh, let's see. He says, so please with a straight face, but tell me this, by the way, from freekeen.com. Tell me that I didn't use violence to solve a nonviolent problem. You may say to yourself that the violence I used was in response to the violence that was used by the 17 year old and that he put him in a headlock. Uh, that is the 17 year old put Bradley in the headlock. Fair point. But the 17 year old was only using violence toward me to defend his brother after I had initiated violence against his brother in the first place. Now, of course, when you talk to the police or the supporters of the police, they'll pretend like the cops aren't using violence. Oh, no, no, that's just an arrest. That's not violence. It's not kidnapping. That's an arrest. See, it's not kidnapping when they do it. It's not violence, you know, in the same way when they do it. Well, it it presupposes that uh, the people have imbued these uh, folks with the, all their power to... Uh, to, to control other people's uh, you know, actions. But honestly, you know, how can you <laughs> – I am one of the people, and so therefore don't I get to say whether or not I've given up that right in that particular area? How can a person claim that they, or me in that situation, have a right to defend themselves against the defensive violence a person uses to protect themselves or others from the violence that the person, me, initiated in the first place? That's like a kidnapper claiming to be justified in shooting someone who brandishes a knife after the kidnapper tries to shove them in the back of a sketchy black van. And then he goes and he cites the law, what it says here in New Hampshire's law, about physical force in defense of a person. And they talk about how someone is justified in using uh, force to defend another human being in certain circumstances. And he, I'm not going to read through the law itself, but he translates it. He says you can't use violence and then claim the moral high ground in using violence to protect yourself against retaliatory violence. Shouldn't people have the right to defend themselves from all violent people? If you're a legislator in New Hampshire reading this, you're the one with the ability to put a leash on the unnecessary violence that is used to solve these problems. As I freely admit, I'm no great voluntarism philosopher. I also don't want people to abuse alcohol at any age. And I don't have the answers to the questions about how our society can address the complicated problems that we as human beings face. And then he links to a Stefan Molyneux video from Free Domain Radio as to someone who may have some answers as to how things might work. And that's one of the things that we're constantly faced with in this movement is the question from people saying, well, if you don't want the police to do this, if you don't want violence to be used as the tool or the solution to whatever the problem is, then what is your solution? What is the the voluntarism uh, solution? What is the voluntary society going to do to curb youth alcohol abuse? Well, you know, the, I think when it comes to youth alcohol abuse, um, that it's, it's relatively simple. Um, that, A, these laws aren't preventing young people from getting alcohol. If you're listening to my voice, you likely 
but really, really likely drank alcohol before the age of 21 or whatever mm-hmm. the legal age was at the time that you uh, drank it. So that law is not working. The question is, is do you want to free up parents to to teach their kids about alcohol? Because some parents will want to be teetotalers and the same issues will arise. Their kids yep. will go out and they'll drink like fishes and they'll get drunk and they'll do blackout drinking and maybe they'll drive around and some of them will die and all that others. But some, like me will be able to teach their kids about alcohol and their kid is far less likely for that of that to happen. At this point, I if I choose to do that am a criminal. Now, I'll grant you that it's unlikely that I will get caught for that crime of teaching your son to drink. Teaching my son to drink, but that doesn't change the fact that I have to live in fear of it. And not yep. to mention, let's think about this for a second. It's not just cops busting into your house and busting you for for that. Think about this. Uh, when the divorce happens and the wife says, oh, well, uh, you know, Mark has been giving our son alcohol since mm. he was little. So now there now there it's a case where they they can take the kid away. They can I can be charged for things. Who yep. knows? All he kinds uses of leverage things. against you. It can absolutely. If it's legal, then it can't be. This mm-hmm. is the sub- system that we are supporting today. I understand their problems with allowing young people to drink, but that we, I don't think they're much different than the problems that we have today when young people are drinking. I think part of what Brad is talking about here is the whole blood on his hands phenomenon. When someone takes a, a reevaluation of what he's done with his life, like let's use this as an example, those soldiers that went to Iraq and Afghanistan, let's say just as a hypothetical or a story situation that news comes out that, uh, you know, everything was faked, uh, wag the dog, uh, 9-11, all that stuff, whatever, conspiracy nuts, yay, you're all right, whatever. Now, all those soldiers that went there and those ones with conscience and, and morals and ethics of their own now all of a sudden realize that all the killing they've done has been a lie, mm. a sham. And now they have to come to terms with that sort of stuff. That's kind of what Brad is is dealing with here in this post and what he's dealt with in the past is coming to terms with his new philosophy and understanding. And I think that is one of the huge hurdles of getting a lot of these people who work for the state to see things from a voluntary perspective is that they, they have to cross that hurdle. That's they a huge to, hurdle. They have to right. recognize what they've done and they have to recognize where they've gone wrong based on this new philosophy and this new way of acting, this new paradigm of, of simply uh, consideration for, for peaceful people. That's a tough thing to do, especially when you're in a, a situation in which you do have that sweet, sweet retirement coming up. You've got the excellent benefits you're currently enjoying. You've got a decent paycheck. Most yep. government people make more money than their their counterparts, if there are counterparts in the private world. So don't doing- forget, cops. Uh, you know, many times only have to work twenty years. Mm-hmm. They also have that situation where, the, uh, oftentimes, if they're in the last three years or whatever it is of their. Um, uh, uh, of their term that they'll then be you know they're trying to pad their hours so that they can get that high those higher uh, wages during their uh, you know pension time period right. they have another job to hopefully go go to afterwards it's only 20 years i mean these guys they start at 18 you're done at 38 800-259-9231 maybe you've been in this exact situation perhaps you have come to the realization that what you have done in the past and that you've worked for the state in some way or did something violent that you regret, uh, that, uh, you, that you realize that you did the wrong thing. And that's a tough, tough, tough conclusion to come to because you have to admit you were wrong. And most humans have a tough time with that. It's yep. Free Talk Live. You can tell your story. 
Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Some pretty uh, amazing medical uh, cannabis news here coming up in a little bit. We'll share that with you. Of course, you can also take control of these airwaves. Bring up anything, 800-259-9231. Let's go uh, to your phone calls here shortly. Uh, but first, I want to make sure you know that you can support this program by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and there are actually a few different links on that page. So you'll click at shop.freetalklive.com, and then you'll see different Amazons, one for the UK, one for the United States, one for Canada, etc. You click on the right one for you, get your shopping taken care of. So today I actually uh, was recording the trial at the, the court and I thought of a few things I needed for my video camera, so I went. And of course, I checked Amazon, and uh, the prices were excellent. I got all kinds of new accessories coming for my uh, my camcorder, and I got them on the cheap, like a, an extra battery for fifteen bucks, like one of those extended battery things that if you buy the actual brand name, that's going to be like eighty dollars. Uh, like, sounds like I got a big bargain, a then. much better deal. And so you can get your shopping done and get free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Amazon dot free talk. Oh, excuse me, you can't use that link anymore. <laughs> well, you can, but we're not allowed to advertise it. You can go to shop dot free talk live dot com, <laughs> and then you'll find the links to Amazon there. That's shop dot free talk live dot com. Get your shopping done and help free talk live because we get a portion of the purchase price, a portion of Amazon's profits. They cut it over to us for sending them the business. So once again, shop.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, we'll talk to Mark in Pennsylvania. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian JJ and another Mark. Hello? Hey, Mark. Hey, I'm on my phone. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you know what a courtesy call is, or what does a courtesy call mean to you? Yeah, under what context? Well, in gen- I... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say quick. In general, a courtesy call is a is a kind reminder that something you had arranged or you had you had uh, indicated you wanted to happen will happen at a certain time. Like a dentist okay. uh, might give you a courtesy call. The dentist's office might say, "Oh, just wanted to remind you that you've got an appointment coming up on Wednesday. Make sure that you're going to be there. This is a courtesy call." And or when you're at a motel, you ask for a courtesy call at a certain time to wake you up. There you go. That's at six, six o'clock in the morning. They give you a call at uh, five fifty-eight. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. It has something to do with the police's version of a courtesy call. But go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, received a courtesy call from the so-and-so coalition of state troopers, and I told them that I didn't have any money to donate, and he promptly hung up on me. <laughs> How courteous! Wow. So, that was 
very discourteous. Yeah. Well, he wanted. I, to, I would say. I think he needed to remind you that your bribe wasn't in place for this this term. Right. And he needed that, me to remind me to pay my state taxes so that he would get paid. Yeah, it's it's very disturbing these uh, these police unions making telephone calls, and usually they're hooked up with a company that it's takes a phone bank, not yeah, the cops themselves. Right. They t- they take a good portion of the uh, the percentage of the of the money that's donated, and right. they give you a sticker, like you know, a sticker that's kind of you you get the idea that it's cop repellent, that if you put this sticker on the car, that somehow it's going to ward off the evil spirits, um, and evil spirits meaning people that drive cop cars. And well, I guess he felt that uh, I was doing myself a courtesy by donating more money to them. Did, had you, you like, already you donated money to them? Well, besides his taxes. No, no, oh, no. I see. Um, can you imagine like the Humane Society doing something like that? or maybe Calling and hanging up on people, being rude, you oh, mean? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, like a competing security agency hanging up on you like that. Yeah. I mean, these cops behave like this because they have the monopoly and that they're allowed to behave like this. Pretty much the case. Your uh, collection agency that sponsors your station. I mean, they they realize because they have to compete with other companies that if they treat their clients better, they'll Mm -hmm. keep their business. Right, they, they've carved out a niche for themselves. There's there's plenty of collection agencies that sit in the sort of uh, hey, you better pay your money uh, category. They've carved out a niche for themselves that they do it in a courteous way. Mark, did this person identify themselves with the agency that itself? With the uh... um, yeah, that's that's how, well, that's what he said. Like, it was kind of a long name. I don't quite remember. It's something Coalition of State Troopers. So this person was directly affiliated because it's my understanding that it's simply a call bank they hire out to yeah. make these calls. Boiler oh, it's sure. It could, it could have been right. So right. it's that call bank that is really right. being the rude party, but it's it's also the the idea that put, that's put forth by the state troopers that oh we're not getting enough money from you people and we're not hassling you enough and hurting you enough. So why don't you give us a little more? Well, yeah, uh, that's a good point. You you could be right. It could be the uh, call bank not doing their job correctly. But yeah, but, I mean, my but either still, way, the call bank is still not uh, accountable either because you don't know who the call bank is. Exactly. I mean, the, the call bank is completely right. anonymous. You don't know which boiler room is making those calls, which company, which telemarketing company has been hired. Sure. And if you ask well, them, they're certainly not going to tell you. Right. So maybe uh, they can uh, courteously stop pulling me over. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate you bringing that up. In fact, I've got actually kind of a a little bit of related news here from the Cop Block, uh, for copblock.org, but their YouTube channel is The Cop Block. Now, I couldn't find the story on copblock.org, but it is their newest video over on their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thecopblock. The video is called Sticker Will Get You in Serious Trouble. Now, you'd mentioned the sticker that uh, kind of identifies you as a supporter of law enforcement. In this case, it's a couple who's been pulled over by a cop who gives them a lecture and threatens them with arrest, threatens them with a ticket, because they have a fraternal order of police sticker on their car and they are not cops. The cop what? actually gets in their, in their face in the car window and in, attempts to intimidate them into removing the sticker and basically says, you know, I could arrest you for this. I could write you a ticket for this. He doesn't. So it's probably just a total bluff. But he, he's very upset that somebody would dare to represent themselves as someone who is a police officer 
Well, yeah, the gangs do that all the time in L.A. and all these other big cities. If you're wearing the wrong colors, mm-hmm. you'll get, oh, oh, they'll check you out, make sure that you're uh, with the Crips or the Bloods or whatever it is. And if you're not, well, then you're a dead man. Well, I think we might be talking about different stickers here. I mean, you know, there's these booster stickers, you know, that uh, that that identify you as a person who's been willing to give to their police union mm-hmm. which i never hear by the way the uh the telephone lineman's union or the uh railroad or the or the, the choo-choo train operators union right. or the union of deep sea fishermen are they don't call my house but the firefighters and the cops they really have no problem doing that and they're essentially parlaying their uh you know the the the, the worship that they get from the public into more money. I think in some cases it's based on fear. In other cases, it's based on gratitude. Well, it's worth it to watch this video because it's not really clear if this is like a supporter sticker or just a fraternal order of police sticker. Anyway, the the officer, uh, excuse me, the driver and the passenger do not at any point claim to be police. The police, uh, the police officer badgers them into you know trying to get information, and, and one of their problems is they answer too many questions yes. rather than asking questions but it's hard to it's really hard to keep that straight and it's hard to hard to not be intimidated by the police so the cop just badgering them with questions about whether or not they're a cop and if you're not a cop you're not supposed to have this sticker and i could arrest you and i could ticket you uh, again they don't get him to cite what the law is oh yeah really what's where's the law that says that you can do that for you can arrest me or ticket me for having a sticker on my car so did this officer know he was being recorded it sure sure did seem like he should have known because it, it appears as though someone's holding a, like a camera phone right out in the open okay okay yeah then yeah that's that's probably what prevented that should from i am going to be violent that's that's the uh mm. and once again we talked about the cameras how it will lead to a minimal amount of accountability, but it will also save your skin in some circumstances. It could. It could. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to recommend that video kind of on the topic of those stickers that you get. Apparently some cops are going around and threatening people with, uh, with, with violence because they've got one of their gang stickers. And of course, there's also the ever popular Thin Blue Line sticker as well. Yeah, I think that a lot of people don't really notice that one. It's essentially It's a, not supposed to be noticed. Right. It looks like a, it looks like a flag where the, the, you know, so many of the flags of the world are just three colors. The top field and the bottom field are both black. Mm-hmm. And then the middle field is, uh, one third of it is blue, a relatively darker blue in in most most yeah, cases, and that's to represent the thin blue line, the uh, the brotherhood, the, the line of police officers that protect us from the ravaging hordes of zombie well, chaos. Well, just like just like the Crusades. I mean, he, the, we, you talked earlier about the quasi-religious aspects of the government, and especially the police force, the enforcement arm. In order for the the zealots to to follow through with some of these extremely violent. And, and provocative actions, they must have this sort of mentality that they are right. Their convictions to this cause must be 100%. Because you can't go in and shoot a house full of people and their dog if you're not if you're not convinced that you're yeah. right. It doesn't happen every day that they shoot a house full of people, but it does happen often enough that they go, go into the wrong place. And it seems like in many homes uh, that the first thing that they want to do is shoot dogs. Yeah, in some cases, dogs in crates. Yeah. I got a cages. story where they shot a, a guy, they blasted a guy in the face. <clears throat> Excuse me. They blasted a guy in the face because he tried to flush some pot. Wow. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control here. Hour 3 is next. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website, of course, freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show hosts, we give you the site for free and the features there, so enjoy it. Over at freetalklive.com, you can get interactive in various different ways, uh, whether it's uh, the bulletin board system or uh, the wiki. Go to freetalklive.com. And 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We've been talking about the cops. Usually when we get on this topic, it's hard to get away from it because there are so many different aspects and so many different problems with uh, policing in this country today and, and so many, uh, I guess, sub-problems or problems that are created by the uh, the police and uh, problems that are made worse by the police's involvement. So, for instance, we've been talking about underage drinking, for instance. And underage drinking, obviously... Young people or anybody drinking irresponsibly or drinking dangerously is a bad idea. Alcohol poisoning is a very real possibility. Um, doing stupid things and doing dangerous things, a very real possibility. So encouraging people to drink responsibly I think is a good thing. But you don't do that by taking somebody, taking their freedom away from them, putting them in a cage, giving them a, you know various different uh, criminal charges on their record, and essentially – you know, possibly making it so they lose their job, ruining their lives, basically, with an arrest. That doesn't help the situation any in any way, shape, or form. That that doesn't sound very peaceful or compassionate. And I think if you're wanting if you're wanting to help someone, you need to come from a position of peace, love, and compassion, not from a position of violence, absolutely, and anger, and and basically words on paper. I think that that's completely flawed. To think that you can help someone by hurting them. So we're on all kinds of different uh, related subjects here, and your your thoughts, your experiences are certainly welcome. Uh, we've been talking about police who have kind of seen the light about their profession and have become very, very uncomfortable with what they're doing, some to the point of even having to leave their jobs. As we continue, we'll take your calls. Justin is in Mississippi. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. With hey, the, what's going on? JJ and Mark. Hey, Justin, what's on your mind? Oh, not too much. Hey, i got a funny story to tell you. You know those... Uh uh, you guys were talking about those police associations that call them mooch money. Yeah, <laughs> right. The uh, like the fraternal order of police or the highway patrol or whatever, and it's usually them right. hiring a boiler room of uh, telemarketers to do to do the job for them. Right. Well, when I was in college, I see I grew up in Illinois and I went to uh, University of Illinois, and I was uh, laying in bed on a Saturday morning about nine o'clock. The phone rang. I picked it up and. Oh, this is so-and-so from the Illinois Sheriff's Association, blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, he he gave a spiel, and I said, well, uh, what's this money going to go towards? He said, uh, oh, it goes to a lot of things, especially keeping drunk drivers off the road. And right there, I said, well, hell, I'd be like slitting my own throat. <laughs> he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my best uh, my best example of one of these calls is if somebody ever calls with this intention – 
I will uh, I will talk to the, the person for a moment and I'll say, you know, I wouldn't have a problem supporting the police if they didn't aggress against peaceful people. And mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't had anybody hang up on me. At one point I had a guy actually – he sounded like a, you know, like a young black gentleman uh, who definitely agreed with me. He was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, basically I'm just doing a job. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get where you're coming from, man, because I was talking about marijuana right, and how right. I don't think that they should aggress against those people. And uh, it was, it was kind of nice to have the guy calling for the police actually kind of change his tune and, and, uh, and agree with me. Yeah, right. he just wanted to make the money, that he, the commission that he would have made by getting the donation. He didn't get a donation from me either that, way. But right, right. He would have, he, that's what he wanted initially. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So what oh, else do yeah. you want to share tonight, Justin? <laughs> Oh, that's it. I just thought that was a funny story and thought I'd share it with you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jim, listening in Virginia to WTAR. Hello, Jim. Hey, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, just came across you guys on the radio tonight. and you know, You're shocked. I, I definitely... Um, no, not really. Okay. It's it just... Uh, just couldn't tell from the conversation tonight if you're just talking about, you know, the, the the bad cops that are out there on the force or is like just get rid of law enforcement completely. Well, I think you need um, you, you, you would be talking about a, a transition from what we have today to something that would be more voluntary and peaceful. I would like to see people get protection services that they contract for, that they're looking for. However, I think that we can go a long way towards uh turning law enforcement officers into peace officers by getting rid of, say, vice crimes, uh, gambling, mm-hmm. drinking under the age, uh, you know, using drugs, uh, b- you know, possession, prostitution, yeah, yeah, prostitution, exactly. possession of, uh, of firearms, Weapons. which is, uh, you know, it's supposed to be in, enshrined in our Constitution, but apparently, yeah, they just don't go for that. So yeah, well, there's, unfortunately, there's some people that, you know, we have to have you know someone to go deal with them, otherwise we'll be having shootouts in the street. But, sure, sure. Well, well yeah. that's what Mark was saying, is to have the law, so-called law enforcement officers be peace officers again. Like, I, I'm told they once were. It not, was, was not in my lifetime, uh, but I'm told at one time that they were. Like, if you look at Andy Griffith or whatever, I guess that's kind of an idyllic representation of what they were supposed to be. Um, but uh, the idea of having them be there to restore the peace, to stop violence from occurring... I don't have a problem with that. I wouldn't mind okay. if, if the government – first of all, I, don't, I agree with Mark. I think we should have competing protection agencies ideally. But if the government monopoly protection service that we call the police, if they were actually just out there investigating arson and rape and murder and you know, pr- destruction of property and actual real crimes of the real victim – I'd have no problem with those guys, man. I'd have no issue whatsoever. It's the fact that they're on a regular basis aggressing against people who are speeding, who are carrying a plant. Not wearing a seatbelt. Right. All kinds of nonsense, nanny state BS. uh, We know what's best for you. That's where I have a real issue, where they're tearing people's lives apart, trying to tell them how to live. And, of course, it never ends up changing anything. It just makes things worse for people. That's what I I think you should see change. So turn them from law enforcement officers where they're like these, these robots. Where they, uh, they, you know, and I, I don't mean to say this about all police. That some of them use their discretion and they're smart and they leave people alone for smoking pot and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, in many ways, police are very robotic because they're. I am just enforcing the law. This is my job. I am doing my duty. But you're supposed to be ideally just keeping people safe, and they've gone way beyond that. Yeah, it's more behavior control, and that's where we have an issue. It all comes down to the simple premise that you own yourself. 
You own your body, and you can do what you're, with your body what you choose. And the same follows through with the, the products of your body. That means your labor, what you do with your time, and when you create something, you own that too. It's not like they can take 15% of your, uh, your engine you just built and claim it for taxation because, well, we need to pay for all this other stuff, so give us, you know, the catalytic converter and, and uh, half the carburetor. You don't know. It's like you, you built that. That's yours. It's, it's, so it's, it's the simple premise that the state can't come along and simply do what they want, take from you what they want, tell you how to live, and expect you to just go along with it. That's just absurd. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, if we can get the politicians to get rid of all the stupid laws for with no victims, and the prisons would be emptied out, and we'd have room for the guys that really need to be Absolutely. That, that much is true. You'd have far, far fewer prisons, because one thing you have to understand is not only do you have the people that are put in prison for using drugs, but you have people that are put in prison because they're doing things in order to get drugs. Mm. And that's an incredible amount of these folks. I don't know what the numbers would be, but I, I would suspect you're probably going to see about 80% of those guys not in there. And if you if you see um, a situation like that, it's, it's going to change the face of America. But I'll tell you one thing. One problem here is is that police officer unions get to, uh, get a much uh, they get a much better hold of a politician's ear oh, yeah. than you and I do. And the these police, police officers yeah. unions and the police chiefs unions uh, these these organizations they don't want anything like what we're talking about. No, it means lowered budgets. It means uh, no hours. asset for, no asset forfeiture where they get to take cars and houses for less people. overtime, less so, pension. So if it sounds like we're talking crap about the cops it's because the organizations that represent the cops don't represent you and i no doubt about it hey jim thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you and it's a good it was a good question and good issue that he brought up there at 800-259-9231 plus it's also difficult to get the politicians just without the police's influence it's difficult to get the politicians to change these things because they don't want to be seen as soft on crime and the prison is the prison system is such a racket at this point. There's so many big companies oh, yeah. involved that it's hard to get the politicians to pay attention because there's so yep. much money there. And all the all the while, in the meantime, they're putting crippled people in cages because they yep. use marijuana to make themselves feel better for a variety of things. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those, including news updates. You can get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook, and all of them are free. So go to news.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment, plus a lot more. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low, 
They can't even be advertised here on Free Talk Live. You can get an additional 5% off with using the coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. It's manventureoutpost.com. We continue. We'll take your phone calls about what you want, talking about the police. And there's some uh, other police-related news out there. Uh, that is worthy of sharing. Uh, we've got another batch of corrupt cop stories every single week. Uh, there are corrupt cop stories to share with you. But, of course, your phone calls are the priority. So we go to the phones and the fun. We'll talk to Shadow listening in Huntsville to WBHP. You've got to turn down your radio, Shadow. If you are listening, it's going to be very confusing got otherwise. It. Okay, got it. Go ahead. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was just telling the other guy, I said that, uh, you know, I've, I've lived in a town... In southeastern Michigan, one time it's called Washington, Michigan, in the thumb part of the mitten. And we didn't have any police. We had nothing there whatsoever. And that was the finest, quietest, most peaceful place I've ever lived in my life. Wait a minute. You mean there weren't murderers running from house to house, slaughtering people? I don't believe Eating babies? Nope. No, there sure wasn't. I bet I can guess why, Shadow, because I live in a town that that, that doesn't have uh, much of a police force either. And the fact is, if somebody you know, runs to some house with ill intent, they're going to get a butt full of lead. I, th- I think every house in the entire town has uh, guns. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine that they're, they, you know, they're, they're able to use them. I know my neighbor has dozens of them, and that's just, to, you know, it's the only sample I've taken. I know that the neighbors on either side, uh, they go out and, you know, they're doing shooting practice and stuff uh, during the day on the weekends. It's a, It's just a common thing, so... Uh, Shadow, you're right on that. That's what we had. Everybody had what was just about all the World War II vets and the Army and what have you like that, and everybody had firepower. We had plenty of dogs and everything else. I mean, we didn't we didn't have no, no problems at all in that time, man. You know, so you guys the had bad boys needed to stay away and everything. So, so you had no incidents really to speak of uh, of anything that that happened. I uh, one time I had. Uh, some, uh, a couple of people show up that thought they were going to burglarize the house that uh, I was living in with my folks. And I just had a brand spanking new uh, little baby brother that uh, my folks had brought home from the hospital. And I was watching out for him. And then somebody came to the door. And all I did was just simply, I, I didn't have time to wake my parents up or anything. I just sprang through the door and attacked the person out there and raised so much of a fuss. Then daddy was finally able to come out there and take control of the situation. So when that guy seen that big old 16 gauge pump shotgun in his face, he decided he wanted to, uh, wanted uh, to go somewhere else. Yeah, changed his mind real quick. <laughs> Thanks, Shadow, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. All you right. know, what Shadow touches on there is this, we're talking about some of the reasons why the system doesn't change very easily, why it's very reticent and slow to change, and you know, the politicians want to be tough on crime, the cops don't want to lose their, their jobs, the cops don't want to lose their budgets. There's also, in the minds of people, in the minds of American people and probably people around the world, this mythology around the police. And the myth is that the police are actually there keeping you safe. That the propaganda is true, that it's because of the police is why you don't have murderers running from house to house just slaughtering people. I think and there's Shadow's certain- example is a great example of why it is that the, the police are it is a it is a myth. It's not to say that the police aren't a factor in some people someone's decision to commit a crime. Right. But for the most part, the reason why human beings interact so well with one another and aren't at each other's throats constantly and killing one another and harming one another is 
because it's in our self-interest. And there is a, there's a certain group of people out there that believes that humans are evil, that they believe that people are bad. And right. that given any opportunity, they will rape and pillage and murder and kill and, and harm and destroy. And I'm, what I'm trying to, to, uh, you know, to point out here is that that is not true. And the reason why there's peace in society is not because there's someone in a blue uniform with a badge somewhere in your town, but because it's in your best interest to get along with people. People interact with one another on a consensual basis, day and night, and if they decided they did didn't want to do that there would be nothing the police could do to stop it right and so what you're dealing with with this uh, you know policing organizations which are sort of top-down hierarchical monopoly organizations you don't have a choice as to whether or not you want these folks um, is you get you get a situation where the customer service isn't as good and I want you to try to imagine now for a second what it would be like is if you could choose to a secure your own property b hire some organization uh, that would uh, secure your property for you, or C, have this top-down monolithic organization that may uh, decide to turn on you at any time and, you know, take your kids away from you mm, or, yeah. you know, uh, bust you for using some substance or whatever. So C kind of stinks. But when you look at A or B, these are choices that people could make in the marketplace. Like if I had a security organization and somebody broke into my home, and did me harm or uh, did you know damage my property? I could hold that security organization responsible. It's a violation of contract. If they they probably yeah, they'd probably have some insurance for that, and they would make me whole. What do the right. cops do if my house gets broken they into? Take a report. They take a report. They're not responsible for. They, they're not here to protect you. If they were, they would. Be, be making you whole yep. when they fail to do their jobs. Let's talk to Shelly. She's listening in Indy to WXNT. Shelly, you're on Free Talk Live with the JJ and Mark. Good evening. Hi, Shelly. Have you been in countries where there are no active police forces and everybody's walking around with their own machine gun or machete? Uh, I've been to Haiti. It's very much like, I mean, I've been in places like that, too, and it's a very dangerous situation not to have a police force out there to protect us. You're making the police force sound like glorified hall monitors. Um, I think and, that uh, you know you, which the, you're, you're equating uh, the situations in countries that, uh, for one, almost all countries have some kind of organization that uh, works for the government that secures the government. So we'll call those people police because that's what police do. You're equating that with the necessity that uh, all countries that are like that must be. Like that. So, I mean, you're, you're saying, like, for instance, I wear blue shoes, a bum wears blue shoes, I must be a bum. And that isn't uh, really an accurate representation. The fact is, all we're suggesting here is to take some steps towards freedom. You do realize that this country incarcerates ten times more people than the next closest country behind it, right? No, I don't realize that. But what I do realize is that I can generally feel safe driving down the highway because I know if somebody's driving erratically or drunk or speeding crazily, they'll get stopped and get a ticket. Shelly, no one here has said to get rid of the idea of having protection agencies. I'll come back if you like. You can stick with us here. We can continue this discussion. I sure would like to. 800-259-9231. There's another reason why you've got these seemingly chaotic situations in these other countries as well. And I think that deserves to be touched on a little further also. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Hopefully more with Shelly here in moments or your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark 
Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and the features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see the lady listeners that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. To enjoy that, and if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, we've been talking about the cops and how they're frequently just snatching people up, putting them in cages, and ruining lives. And, of course, a lot of people are, a lot of people are taking plea bargains. They're, they're intimidated by the system. They don't know what to do when it comes to the court system. But there is an answer for those folks. Right. Plea, plea bargains are, in fact, uh, really just a, a benefit only to the judicial apparatus and to guilty criminals. Because guilty criminals get lighter sentences, and the judicial apparatus gets to run more people through the mill. It's of no benefit to the citizen or the victim or anybody else. Those folks uh, have a a disservice done to them. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules until you know these rules you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletter. Use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, then buy the course, Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use Free Talk Live in the pull-down menu when you check out just to let them know that you heard it here at Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we had Shelly on the line, invited her to stick through the break. She did not. She dropped off. Uh, If it was a cell phone problem, she's welcome to call back because she was invited to uh, continue the discussion. But her point, and JJ, you had something you wanted to say to it. Her point was on this idea that there are some countries in the world where she believes that there's no police presence, and so therefore things are crazy. There are people killing each other and carrying guns around, and it's dangerous and scary. Right. It's it's a complete straw man argument. There's It's not even really an argument at all. It's like saying back in the day, uh, there are countries without exorcists. They must have been full of demons or witches. or you know They didn't burn their witches in that country, so you don't go there because it's full of witches. No. The United States or this geographic area did not become great because of the police. I got news for you. Hmm. One. Two, this is not that other country. I'm sorry. If you take the police and all those, uh, those thugs out of this, this system, it's still going to be the system you see. It's still going to be the community you're in. It's still going to be the city or whatever place you're in. It's still going to be the same place. It's just simply you have to be more diligent about your own personal responsibilities. That's what it comes down to is that people who who really like the idea of police don't like to be responsible for themselves, either because they're complicated or because they don't have the money or the time or the 
the know-how, whatever whatever reason they have or excuse they have. But one thing I wanted to comment back when when Mark was talking about the uh, uh, the Westmoreland or and various other areas in New Hampshire that have no police um, is uh, basically it's it's like that's a double-edged sword. It's the same it's the same thing like oh well I have police here to protect me from murderers. But if you go like in a bar situation, because this is where generally things happen, you know, and fights and happen in fights bars. happen in bars. Okay, if you're in this 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 uh, that guy in Washington, Michigan, okay, he had no police there. He, there's a guy fighting in the bar. The police aren't going to come and protect this guy from everybody else in the bar when they get upset with him busting up their their mm-hmm. good times. Just the same as they're not going to protect this person from that that assaulter. So it's it's a double edged sword in that the police. Not only respond to a situation and sort of they they I don't want to say they de-escalate it because they oftentimes escalate it with violence, but they do bring the situation to a close in that person is removed and uh, or dead or dead or yeah exactly. At the same time, if you if you don't have that happen, that community will have to deal with that problem. Okay, and. News will get out how they dealt with that problem. Now, if some guy comes in and he starts shooting off his gun and uh, just uh, being crazy, he's probably going to get shot. I mean, that's that's usually what's going to happen. You you just don't have room to decide if he is capable of making uh, the right decision when he comes in with this sort of violent and aggressive behavior. Well, you, people are going to handle that situation. Right. They're going to handle it in whatever way they need to. And having people being armed is a real nice way to handle violent folks. So one of her concerns, uh, Shelley's concerns, was that there's people carrying AK-47s and stuff everywhere. Well... They probably feel like it's necessary because they need to protect themselves in a, a situation in which there's a kind of a desperate circumstances situation. We're, we live here in New Hampshire. If you want to strap an AK-47 to your back and walk down Main Street, you can do that. Right. It's legal. Yeah, it's it's entirely legal to do so. And people have are, are known in this movement, the Liberty Movement, for open carrying firearms. And I think some guy had a, like a katana strapped to his back at Porkfest last year or something like that. But – one of the important points to make, you, you mentioned this, uh, JJ, is that that society is not this society. That's right. And the reason why this society is the way it is isn't because of the police. It's because generally people in this society have had the freedom to do what it is they want to. I'm being very general, like yes. in comparison to the other societies in which she was referencing, like these kind of third world countries. The reasons why they're third world countries is because of the government. It's because over there, if you try to open up a business, then there are all kinds of hoops that you have to jump through. Way more, in many cases, than here in the United States. It's, this is not a free market here, and there are serious problems in the, in the United States, and things are certainly getting worse here as far as economic freedom is concerned. But when you don't have economic freedom, you don't have personal freedom as well. You don't have economic freedom, the ability to start your own business, create your own product and service. You are essentially relegated to being a, a serf in whatever sort of corporate systems are, are allowed to be in that country or you're just on an agrarian kind of farming uh, system. You end up in a very desperate set of circumstances because the government isn't allowing people to create wealth for themselves. Yeah, the kind of circumstance where you'd set yourself on fire in the middle of town square because you can't run a vegetable stand or like you went to Tunisia. Or instead of taking that route, 
route, you would take a, a violent route and yeah. start stealing. Obviously, or, that's a person on the edge. Or set up a, a you know a, a, a mob or something like that, and you know become a warlord, and you know you go into these these different areas where people are are prevented from creating wealth for themselves. It puts them in desperate circumstances, and people in desperate circumstances behave differently yes. than they would otherwise. People in a circumstance where they have relative freedom behave in a much more cooperative manner because it's what's best for them. Uh, but if somebody's starving to death, then their behavior kind of you know changes. I'm not saying it's right what they you know what they might do in those circumstances, but look at Hurricane Katrina and the aftermath there, and look at how the police were behaving. Yes. There was video footage of the police going into like a Walmart or something like that stealing and TVs. stealing stuff, loading up cartloads right. of product and just taking it right out the front door. Well, they were looking for looters. They just happened to not look in the mirror. Right. <laughs> well, I think, and you touched on one other thing is is the difference in countries now. We had talked about Egypt a few months ago when that whole uh, Arab uprising mm-hmm. went went about, and um, the, the Egyptian was one of the most successful countries as far as bringing commercial industry into the country and and westernizing and all that. But even there, under Mubarak, you had to be an Egyptian citizen. Uh, basically to own the company in order for the company to be started there. An Egyptian citizen had to own 51% of the company. So right there, the barrier to entry in that marketplace for any of the outside foreigners, and especially in Egypt and that Sinai Peninsula, there's a lot of different people from a lot of different regions that come there and live there. So it's, it's situations like that, and, and that, that was a good one. Now think of a worse one than that. Like you have to be uh, married to someone who's in the royal family in order to have a business in this country, or some other crazy uh, um, protocol. Or, Burma. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> stuff like that. Where Yeah, Burma. Um, so, so you have, exactly like you said, it's very difficult to get in the business, and people are going to want products and service no matter what. No matter what the government or anyone else says, people are going to want food, shelter, water. Uh, they're going to want some libations at times, too, to uh, to ease on their stress and whatnot. So the, the black market responds, the gray market responds, and creates a quasi-criminal culture. It's criminal because the government doesn't support it, and they want to crack down on it, but it's just people doing what they need to do to get by. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. The most important point, and we can flesh this out in a bit, is the idea that talking out against the government police doesn't mean that we're opposed to having protection services. So we'll flesh that out in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. You can take control. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Talk Live. You can take control even in the remaining moments here. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Still time for your thoughts if you want to share them. 1-800-259-9231. And as always, it's Ian with you. JJ. And Mark. Uh, by the way, we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com where we give you the features for free. If you enjoy the program, though, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. 
you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. You go there, get signed up with any major credit card via PayPal or Visa and MasterCard right through our website. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only uh, the Ampoli Forum and more. Go get the details and get signed up. It helps us out because it helps us get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here with your phone calls, Jay is on the line listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I've listened to you for a couple months now. Welcome, sir. Um, I'd say on some topics, sometimes you're a little over the top for me, but overall, I like to cut the boys' jibs. The what? Cut of the boys I like the cut, cut of, of your jib. jib overall. Oh, that's a, that's so a new I, term for me. I've not uh, wow. heard that one. Cut of your, you never heard that? Cut of your jib? He doesn't get out much. I'm afraid not. Well, all right. <laughs> I didn't well, know what manwich I'm, was for a number of years, Mark. You used to be called manwich on the air, and I thought it was a gay joke. Oh, mercy. Yeah. you got to have yourself a can of manwich. And some <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Um, and some pickles. But anyway, there's a phrase referencing the police that people have forgotten. They used to be called the long arm of the law. Hmm. Because they would, if you would commit a crime, no matter what you did, they would bring you back to justice. But people have forgotten that that the police are only reactionary. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're there to investigate once the bad, evil stuff has happened. They're not there to protect every citizen every moment of every day. They're a cleanup crew. You're right. You're right. I've been teaching the martial arts for nigh on 12 years. And we like to call it, you know, um, life protection, not just self-defense. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, I'm like, look, you know, you need to craft a defensive strategy for you and your lifestyle. And you got to remember, the police are only there after something bad has happened. Yep. An alarm system is only there to tell the bad guy that the police or somebody is on the way and that they've been busted. But they still have plenty of time to do bad things to you. So if you truly want to be responsible, you will learn how to protect yourself and others around you. And um, you know, Good advice. And, yeah, and so I, I, I like, you know, where you guys are coming from on this, um, you know, because, I mean, you know, and I, I would like to do more research historically because I know we, we used to not have police. They used to just be called constables. Yeah, it's a relatively new the- concept, and a constable was a person who sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> came when you called um, as opposed to you know, it was elected position uh, largely as opposed to trying to sniff out yep. speeders and they had sheriffs like who were the guys who tr- traditionally held the keys to the uh, the the jail but mm-hmm. you know all these guys uh, all along um, the king's men all these folks uh, all along have been the just they, they'd come when they felt like coming and and they've gotten more they've gotten better at coming when they're called but there's still situations where uh, you know, there's a supreme court ruling where uh, some some women called 911 the cops didn't show up for 24 hours they had apparently been held and raped over that course of that time they took it all the way to the supreme court the supreme court ruled that in fact no, the 911 operator the cops nobody was responsible for this because well the police have no responsibility to protect you yeah jay we kind of take the concept of personal responsibility mm-hmm. and self-defense and we extend that to the entire person's life it's not just in your self-defense that you are personal responsible you are also responsible for your financial situation where you you shouldn't be dependent upon the state to provide 
and you're also dependent in your you know your uh, living situation and uh, all aspects of your life your health situation exactly the state shouldn't be there to take care of your health too no it's exactly the, it's the same way for everything it, personal responsibility but jj that sounds so harsh it sounds so cold what, don't you want to help people i want to help people have the most liberty they can have and the only time that will come about is when they have the most personal responsibility that they can have at the same time. See, they, they, they're hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You can't have no your cake and eat it too. So I advocate everybody be personally responsible. And, and at the same time, I'm, they can... Go ahead. I think he's talking to someone else. Jay? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know if I was still on the line. But, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, I think back to the lady that called and talking about Haiti. Well, I also think... You know, freedom can only be enjoyed by those people of a certain character. I can't remember the exact quote, but as Benjamin Franklin said, the more debased and vile we become as a society, the more we'll have need of masters. Right, those people that are in, you're absolutely right, those people that are in the system, like J.J. was talking about, the ones that are dependent upon it, they don't want to be free. They feel free right now. They're getting checks and they're getting taken care of and like they just have to do what they're told. Uh, but uh, they love that lifestyle. They don't want that to go away. Yeah, but I think that to some extent that the, the as the growth of the state occurs, that it causes more of this dependency. This dependency causes more of this vile behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it's this cycle as, uh, you know, oh, yeah. it, it just becomes the governed and the governed at some point. And uh, the, those, the folks that actually make society work, the, ones, the ones that go out and they, they, they work hard and they they make money upon which the government leeches and then gives to uh the, the vile uh you know those folks they they're going to diminish over that's why time. you see people leaving california and new york taking their businesses and, and moving elsewhere jay thanks for the call and the thoughts glad you're out there sure. appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231 one quick thought just real brief i just want to see it. i know i'm not a statistics person and some of you are some of the listeners out there some of you crafty folk i'd like to see a a timeline sort of graphical representation of the the development of public schools and the increase in in uh, prisons and crime and stuff like that I'm just curious. Uh, public schools go back so far, and uh, penitentiaries have been employed for such different reasons. It's it's clear that you know there's there's an industry behind uh, incarcerating people now that, that never existed before. I really want to point this out for the people that are stuck to the ceiling that say you guys are crazy. You want to do away with all cops? Look, this is something we're talking about in the future. Once the the world's ready for it, I believe we're yes, nowhere close. We're I can nowhere tell close, you. <laughs> right? I believe that you should be able to hire the protection service for yourself that you want. However, I'm willing and and ready to take steps to make this police force, which is the protection service that we all have, that is unaccountable and monopolistic. I'm willing to take steps that'll get us there. And I think that the first and most clear step is to protect the Fourth Amendment, which has been completely destroyed by, you know, police departments that are advocating for and pushing very hard for vice crimes. They they believe that you don't have the right to, to decide what goes in your body. You don't have the right to arm yourself with weapons to keep yourself safe. You don't have the right to gamble the money that you've earned. You don't have the right to, you know, uh, purchase the, the attention of a prostitute if that's what you want. Let's continue here with your phone calls. And Chris is on the line in Florida. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. Chris? I was calling to agree with uh, the, the point that you just made, and that was in the Supreme Court case, U.S. Supreme Court 2005, uh, Jessica Gonzalez v. Castle Rock, the town of Castle Rock. 
And uh, that, as you said, that just demonstrates the fact that we are necessarily responsible for our own self-defense, and there's there's no two ways about it. Uh, if you don't like that fact, it's it's too bad. It's the, that the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, under the 14th Amendment, uh, the Equal Protection Clause does not apply to officers being required to answer on a on a call. And then um, you know we we have the government, the, the BATF, bringing in. Uh, shipping guns over to the drug cartels and the Federal Reserve, uh, a branch of the Federal Reserve, Wachovia, uh, laundering money through uh, $387 million, this was uh, in Bloomberg News, to the drug cartels, uh, $387 million, billion, that is, three, with a B. And it goes to show you that the government is as anti-gun as can be. Of course, there's lots of... Um, um, rumblings under the new administration trying to enforce regulations when they can't get laws passed. But, uh, you know, we can see that the, the move is on to disarm the American public, but yet there's obviously, you know, the, the argument that we should just allow the military or the police to be armed. Yeah, it's a scary, insane. it's a scary, scary position. Right, if you're going to if you're gonna disarm organizations, why would you let military and the police have weapons? What do you want them to have it for? I mean, if we're going to disarm people, why have why would cops uh, have guns? If if you're going to do disarmament, it's, it would seem to me that you would attempt to disarm across the board. Otherwise, all you're proposing to make is a totalitarian police state. I think this. And there's one other thing uh, I want to talk to about the whole personal defense issue is that at least when I was in public school, we were taught not to defend ourselves. If we were bullied on the playground, it was discouraged that you do anything or react to it. Mm. It was encouraged, rather, that you tell the teacher or the recess yeah. monitor. I personally physically defended myself when I was being physically attacked or bullied. Probably got in trouble for it, too. Uh, I didn't, actually. Used to but, be in my school, they, several would, they would suspend both. Yes. They would suspend both yes. parties. It didn't matter who, who struck first. Hey, thanks for the call uh, tonight, Chris. Appreciate hearing from you. We're out of time. By the way, that Gonzalez case he mentioned is not the same case you were talking about mark there are multiple cases from the supreme court where they have ruled over and over again this is this is long ruled this is over that the the government has no obligation whatsoever to protect you we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com you know the constitution like the back of your hand you've read books listened to podcasts attended lectures surfed websites and watched videos you've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers.